Let's take our Bibles to the book of Hebrews together. I'm glad that Hebrews was not just written to Hebrews. Like Romans was not just written to Romans. Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 1, Therefore, we ought... You know, we, we always don't do what we ought to do. There's a lot of things we ought to do. Here's one. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Of course, the context is verse number two, the word, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? By the way, I don't think that's really a, a phrase meant for lost people. I think saved people neglect their salvation neglect, neglect all the good things that God's put in us, you see, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, you'd think nobody would let that slip. I would think if you ever heard Jesus speak, you'd never get over it. But evidently, the admonition is to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. Evidently, you could hear Jesus Christ speak when He was on earth, and you could let it slip. What a thought. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His will. Of course, this is what the the apostolic signs, the apostles had power like no one else had power to prove that they were bringing that new message of the Lord Jesus Christ not only to the Jews to prove to them, because the Jews require a sign, but also to show the rest of the world the power of God and the writings which they wrote. I'd say it would have been easier to believe somebody if you saw them raise the dead. I'm not talking about fake healers. I'm talking about people that really had power. I can't imagine hearing the apostles preach or teach and then let that slip. But evidently it was possible. But verse number one says, therefore we ought to, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. What have you heard? You didn't really hear, you've not, you didn't hear the voice of Jesus as he walked three and a half years. You didn't hear the voice of the apostles. We have the writings of the scripture that tell us what they said. But what have you heard? And will you give heed to what you've heard? There's two things we can do with what we hear. We can give heed to it or we can let it slip. You know, one reason that, that we love family camp and our meeting that we just had is because from Sunday to Thursday, 
if you were there the whole time, you heard ten messages in five days. That's hearing quite a lot. But the question is, are you going to give earnest heed to the things that you've heard? Or are you going to let it slip? It's so easy to let things slip. So easy. It takes a lot of diligence to give earnest heed. Not just heed, but earnest heed to the things which we have heard. I think I would say this. We have probably heard all that we need to hear for the rest of our lives if we would give earnest heed to it. We probably don't need to hear a new message. We probably need to hear, we probably need to give heed to all those messages God's given us all of our lives. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time, any time, it could be in a moment of weakness. It could be in a moment of temptation. It can be in a moment of anger. It can be in a moment of struggle. It could be a time of hardship in your life or personal pain or suffering. Any time, there could be some time that comes up in your life that you cause the things that you've heard to slip. So I want to talk to you about that tonight, give you three things. When I think of things slipping... I preached this text before, but not this way. I think of three different things, and I'll give you the illustration. So many times, you know, Jesus gave us truths with illustrations that we could get our heads around, practical things. And we're going to go to the Bible and see these things. But when I think of slipping, I think of three different things. Of course, immediately, for me, (laughs) it slipped my mind. When you think of slip, I, I, you may think of it. When you think of slip, you may think about your feet slipping. When I think about something slipping, I think about my mind slipping. But your mind can slip and your feet can slip. How about it just slipped out of my mouth? Do we use that phrase? A slip of the tongue. I want to take those three things and think about how, what that conveys to me to, to help me not let things slip that God has spoken to me. First of all, about slipping of the mind. Would you go to Isaiah with me? Isaiah chapter 17. Now, I'm going to a little, I'm not going to take it totally out of context, but I'm going to take a word that's really, and I'm going to tell you what it means, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use it a little bit, maybe not how it's just written, but I'm gonna show you how it's written. I'm not I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna do injustice to the word of God at all, but I want you I want you to watch. The word slip is in this verse, but it's not talking about Hebrews two verse one. You, you know, words words can be pronounced the same and spelled the same and have a totally different definition. Okay, that's this word. So it's. It's an irony in the text, but nevertheless, I think you'll get the principle. He says in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 10, watch this. And this is what I would talk about when I talk about things slipping your mind. Isaiah chapter 17, verse 10, because thou hast, what? Forgotten. The God of thy salvation and hast not been, what? Mindful. 
In other words, your mind is not full of the rock of thy strength. your, Your mind's full of something else and you've let the Lord slip out of your mind and slip out of your thoughts. Because thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation, hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength, therefore shalt thou plant pleasant plants and shall set it with strange slips. And he talks about the harvest in verse number 11 is going to be a day of grief and sorrow. Now, when he uses the word slips, now this is an agricultural term, all right? I'll just give you the meaning of it. You looked up in the dictionary, if you're a big agriculturist, you'd know what we're talking about. It's a cutting of a plant, a slip. It's a cutting of a plant, and you take that cutting, and then you would put it in the ground. And usually it refers to a a foreign plant that really wasn't indigenous or wasn't growing there. And because they have forgotten God and they've not been mindful of the rock of their strength, what they're planting in their life is called slips. <laughs> is that, that, That's ironic to me. And then the harvest is going to be one of grief and sorrow. How often does it slip our mind and the things that are important? You know what the truth is? Go to Deuteronomy. I'll give you the first time the word slip is in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 19. Because here's the honest, this is the honest truth. When... When the things of God slip past our minds, usually it's not an intentional thing. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to think about God today. Well, we don't do that. We don't get up in the morning and say, I do what I'm going to do today. I'm going to forget everything those preachers preach to me. Well, we don't do that. It's not an intentional active thing that we're trying to get out of our mind. It just slips our mind. And the very first reference to the word slip is an unintentional thing. In Deuteronomy chapter 19, the Bible says in verse number 5, would you look at it? As when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, And the head slippeth from the helve, and lighteth upon his neighbor that he die. He shall flee into one of those cities and live. In other words, this is an accident. This guy did not intentionally want to kill anybody. But when something slipped, somebody still died. Do you know you can have the best intentions in the world and if you just let certain things slip, even if you didn't intend to let them slip, it can be very, very dangerous to you or someone else. That's why we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Why? Because somebody might get their head took off. Somebody in the family might. Can you, can you see the poor guy? It's chopping the tree and the axe, the head slipped off and it killed. Can you imagine what he's going to feel like? But now wait a minute. You know what? That didn't have to happen. 
Go to 2 Kings. That happened one time in the Bible. Nobody got killed, thank the Lord. But the axe head got lost. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. And again, this wasn't intentional either. The axe head slipped off the axe as he was felling a beam and he borrowed the axe. Well, that makes it even worse, you know, when you... <laughs> Why did this happen? He said in 2 Kings 6, verse 1, the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now the place where we dwell with these two straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. Take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servant. We don't want to go without you, preacher. <laughs> you know why? Because they were of the sons of the prophets, verse 1. They were young bucks. In their youth, they knew they needed that old man to go with them. Amen. Amen. And so he he went with them. I will go. Verse 4, so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. As one was felling a beam, the axe head fell in the water. It slipped off the axe, you see. It went in the water. Now, why did the axe head come off? Why did it slip off? Why did it slip off with the guy in Deuteronomy? Why did it come off the axe in 2 Kings? Anybody know? He didn't want didn't check it. I think sometimes things slip from our minds because maybe we're like the sons of the prophets. Maybe we're not very experienced in what we're doing. Maybe this is a new thing for us. You know, it's easy to let things slip that you're new at. If you get in a routine, follow me now. If you get in a lifelong routine of something, it's harder for something to slip your mind if you have done it every single day. But if it's new, if you're trying to, amen, put something in your life that's very new. I tell you what, some of you young, some of you young couples, some of you folks heard some things this past week. It's new for you and you're trying to put some new things in your life. And I say, amen, glory to God, hallelujah. But it's easy to let things slip when you don't have a lot of experience. It will go as quickly as it came if you're not careful. You understand? You have to give the more earnest heed. If you're new at it. And you're not intending to forget what God did in your heart. But whether you're intending to do it or not, it can slip right off. Why do things slip our minds? We heard a lot of preaching about scheduling and Bible reading and prayer time and all of those things. It's easy to let that slip or whatever or spending time with your wife or, 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 or whatever it was. It's easy for that just to slip right on out of our minds. Why is that? I think I know. I think God taught me something today about that. I was meditating on this message and uh, I was real busy today. Real busy. I had counseling sessions today. I had uh, I had to go get a bunch of things. I got eighty something percent. I got all, we're almost moved into the house. All I've got is a bed over there and my clothes to move over. But there's these all these little things 
that before I can spend the night there that I've got to address. Anybody have witnessed on, on that? Because I live with my wife. And certain things have to be done. Amen. So I'm running around. So I had to go get something from the store to make the house livable. And uh, I was over at the house there, and she said, I need this. I said, all right, I'll, I'll run and get it. I got in the car, and I start, and I, I remember, I don't have my wallet. I forgot my wallet. Now, when I say this, you're going to think your pastor has dementia, but I don't. <laughs> so I turned around, and I took off. I remember, I remember where I put it. Dementia people don't remember where they put it. <laughs> Amen. I never forget. I, I was really bothered. I, I got my hold of Miss Farley one time. I said, "Miss Farley, I, I think I got a mental problem. I think I think I'm slipping. I think that's what we say, right? I think I got dementia." She said, "Well, the things do you that you forget do you later remember?" I said, "Yes." She said, "You're all right." <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it helped me. So if that ain't true, don't tell me any different. Amen. So I remember where I put it. It was in my green bag in my office by my desk. Made a beeline for the office. Going a little fast. And I pull into the office. You won't believe this. Pulled right into the office. Ran into the office. Grabbed my wallet out of my bag. Put it on the desk. And I had a little heartburn. And I remembered I got some tums out. I put it on my desk. And I reached down in there. And I popped a few tums. And I ran right out of the office. Jumped in my car, got halfway down 53. What are you doing? Had to turn all the way back around. Now, wait, wait, wait. Why did that slip my mind? It's not because I have Alzheimer's that I know of. That's not, that's not why. Listen, 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 listen! It slipped my mind because I got too busy. I got so busy, I was running so fast that I was not paying attention. Do you know what God speaks to you and deals with you about can slip right out of your mind as you just get busy in life and you're running 90 to nothing and all those things that are really important that make the trip worthwhile and is the purpose of the trip of your life can slip right out of your brain. And not only was I, was I in a hurry, I was distracted. That wallet and, oh, I need this over here. And I forgot about what I needed to get because my mind was on something else and what I really needed to get. Let me give you a verse for that. Go to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 73. All you have to do to slip up in the Christian life is get distracted. You don't even have to have an evil heart. The good things of God can slip right out of your brain when you're distracted over other things. And you just, you're not intending to, but you just, 
God's not in your thoughts because your thoughts are somewhere else. We have got to learn to spiritual multitask. Yeah. Or be reminded about the things we're letting slip. Psalm 72, excuse me, 73. The Bible says in verse number 2, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. We'll get to that feet slip in just a second. Four. Okay, verse 3 is the reason why he's, his steps are well nigh slipped. Three. For I was what? Envious at the who? Foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He got distracted looking at the wicked and their prosperity. He got envious at looking at people that didn't love and follow God. And he got distracted and he, his, he almost slipped up. Because he was looking, God didn't want him looking at them. He wants him to look at him. You know, all you have to do to let the thing slip out of your mind that God's trying to put there is get distracted and look at everything and everybody except the one that you need to concentrate on. You go down through this text, and he finally gets some help. Verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Verse 16, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Thank the Lord. Then understood I therein. Verse 18, surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down in the street. You see the irony of that? He said, I was about to slip up watching them. And then I finally realized they're the ones that are going to slip up. I don't need to worry about them. I need to be concentrating on me. How easily we're distracted. How easily we don't pay attention. How easily we get too busy and we're too inexperienced and we let those good new things of God just slip right out of our minds. Oh, I forgot. Y'all ever done that? Oh, I forgot my anniversary. <laughs> Just a slip. Yeah. Yeah, it was a slip. Preacher, I, I just forgot. I forgot to pray. I forgot to get up and get my schedule. I forgot to get my Bible. I, I, I just, it just slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah. We ought to give the more earnest heed because we know how easily that can happen. As you're going to Psalm 18, you're already in the psalm. The book of Psalms, chapter 18, Psalm 18. We talk about something slipping our minds. We talk about the slip of the tongue. When we talk about something slipped out of my mouth or I, they slipped up and said blank. When something slips out of your mouth, it's not that you didn't know you weren't supposed to say that. It's that you had no self-control to shut up. Is that right? right? It just slipped out. Mm, no, you, you, you were not. You didn't have enough character to hold your tongue, you see. 
How many of us let things slip out of our mouth? Now, if we're going to make sure that, that what God's spoken to us doesn't, it, we don't slip away from that, we're going to have to have the character and the self-control, the discipline to hold on to those things that God's talked to us about. You always know when God has really dealt with you because when you leave the church house, you continue to remember it. And it continues to work on your heart. And if you're not going to let it slip, you've got to be diligent to do something about it and have the character and the self-control to say, I'm going to put this in my life. Guys, a trip to the altar don't do that. Getting down on your knees doesn't do that. You have to have the self-control to put into practice the things that you've heard or they will slip just like things slip out of your mouth. They'll slip out of your life because you had no self-control to keep them in. Does that make sense? I want these things God did in my life to... I guarantee you, every person in this place that's saved by the good grace of God, every one of you have had a time in your life where, by the grace of God, that the Lord just sort of took control of your heart and your mind. But you know what happened to most of us? We let that slip out. We didn't have enough control of our hearts and our minds and our lives to keep those good things of God within. I'm in Psalm 18. Slipping can mean something else. It can mean to forget, to ignore, to neglect. It can be, it can mean that we're not diligent enough to keep it. We have no self-control to keep those things. By the way, that, that's why we have a, the devil has worked so hard to break down character. Character doesn't save you, but it takes character to be a good Christian. To not let the good things of God just slip out of your life, it takes character to, to implement that and hold on to that. I'm in Psalm 18. Slipping also can mean something else. Your feet can slip. You can be in a slippery place. Psalm 18, verse 36. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me. I was meditating. I was trying to, trying to figure this out. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. What does that mean? In other words, he said, I, I didn't slip, God, because you, you put a bigger place under my feet for me to walk. I remember going through the jungles of New Guinea, amen, on a footpath that was about that wide. And when you don't have a big place underneath you, it is easy to slip. But the bigger the place you've got under your feet, the more sure, the more solid the foundation is. Are you listening to me? If underneath me is a sure place, a solid place, a large place then it's easier for me not to slip. The foundation of the Lord standeth sure. 
The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We don't have to stand in the slippery place. We don't have to stand in the small place. We don't have to stand in the dangerous place. We can stand in a sure place. We can stand on a foundation that... That it, it's not ice, it's not an ice rink. It's a good place to walk, is what I'm trying. Look at Psalm, you're in Psalm, Psalm 17, just the, the chapter before that. Psalm 17, verse 5. Psalm 17, 5. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. He's saying, I, if I will walk your path, God, I won't slip. Because your path is a sure path. It's a sure-footed path. If I'm on your path, then I'm not going to slip. But if I'm on my path, or if I'm on somebody else's path, I'm going to be in a slippery place. Do you see that? We were cooking in the kitchen. You know, I love to cook with the meat. I love to cut the meat up. But there's one drawback to that. It's dangerous. Meat means grease. Fat. Grease. Yeah. And I'm chopping up the meat. I'm chopping up the meat. And there's so much, amen, there's so much juice coming out of that pork. It's not only all over the cutting board. There's so much juice coming out. I think it wasn't the pork this time. I think it was the chicken. Brother Chris and I were cutting up those chickens as fast as we could cut those chickens up. And we had cutting boards. And oh, there was so much grease in it. We had to throw them away and get new cutting boards. And the grease was there and it overflowed the cutting boards. And then, beknownst to me, it ran down the side of the counter and it was on the floor. You ever tried to walk on grease? I don't care what kind of shoes you got. You're not, you're not walking on grease. You know what you're going to do? You're going to slip. You know why? Because that's not made to walk on. You know why most people slip in their lives? Because they're walking in places they shouldn't be walking. They're walking on stuff they ought not be walking on. If you'll walk in the paths of the Lord, that's a sure place. That, that, the paths of the Lord aren't slippery places. Better watch your step. Look at, look at Jeremiah 23. Better watch where you're walking. You don't, want to, you don't want your life to slip up. You better watch where you're walking. You better stay on your path. You better run the race that he's got for you. You better mind the gap. You better watch your step. You better see the signs. Slippery when wet. Don't walk here. Clean that up. You know what I said? I looked down and I saw that grease. I said, hey, hey, somebody got to clean this up. Or the preacher's going to fall. And just like most things, I had to go clean up myself. I'm not throwing, everybody was busy. They, they probably didn't even hear me. You know what? You've got some slippery places in your life. And you know what you, what you need to do? You probably need to go clean those up. Or you, you're going to slip and fall. You, you are not that good to walk on grease. You know, funniest thing in the wintertime, watch these guys with these four-wheel drives. And the snow's fine, but when the ice hits, 
I'll never forget, I was in Virginia. We had a parking lot. It was on a hill like that where our church was. And uh, we had black ice one day all over the parking lot. Black ice. Y'all know what black ice is? You don't know it's there, but it, it is just a sheet of ice. And there's guys in four-wheel drives. They'd get in their truck. And there, I saw trucks sliding backwards in drive. Because it don't matter how big your tires are. You're on the wrong surface. Guys, if your life is on the wrong surface, it doesn't matter what else you're doing. You've got to get off the surface. You've got to get off the slippery place. What's the slippery place, Jeremiah 23? Aren't you glad God tells us these things? Jeremiah 23, what? watch this verse. Jeremiah 23, verse 10. For the land is full of adulterers. Well, that's a slippery place. For because of swearing. Well, there's another slippery place. The land mourneth, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right, for both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found... In my house! God said, in my house, I found their wickedness. You brought your wickedness in my house. Look, twelve, twelve, wherefore? Because of all this wickedness, wherefore, their way, not my way, not my path, their way, their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. <clears throat> you better you better get that slippery, you better get that wickedness out of your life. That Bible tells us, and I'll just read it to you in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfast. When you start following evil people, when you err in your life, when you're not aware of the danger and attention to the dangerous, slippery, sinful places of life, you're going to let things slip. It doesn't matter how powerful the Word of God is if you let all those sinful, slippery Evil things in your life, you're going to fall right on your face. Well, I went to church. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't turn off the TV. Well, I went to family camp. Yeah, yeah but you didn't get rid of your evil friend that keeps tempting you. You, you understand what I'm saying? It, it's not just those carnal things. I'm about finished. It can be pride. You know, he says, he says, not a, not a novice lest he being lifted up with pride fall into temptation and snare the devil. Pride is a slippery place. Wherefore him, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he All you have to do to fall and to slip is to think you got this. I got this. Oh, I'll never go that way. Oh, I wish I had a dollar to a donut. I've heard that. No, I'll never do that. Boy, those people over there. That's you. That's you. If you think that's not you, that's you. If you think that could never be, let, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he. Pride is a slippery place. Covetousness is a slippery place. They that will be rich fall into fall fall into temptation and a snare, and to many hurtful lusts. They can mean a lot of things. He said to the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter two verse five. Remember, from whence thou art fallen. You know what they fell? They fell in their love life. 
They quit loving the Lord like that was a slippery place. You ever heard somebody say, oh, I'm slipping, I'm slipping. Is your heart for the Lord slipping? Lack of love is a a slippery place. But God is able to keep you from falling. Let's end in a good verse and we'll be finished. Go ahead and stand with me and turn to Psalm 94. You don't have to slip up. You don't. Some of these people say, you know, I'll preach all of us are sinners. We're all going to sin. Well, we we can sin less. Somebody says, you can't be sinless. Well, you can sin less. (laughs) God can keep you from falling. That's what he said in the Bible. He can keep you from slipping up. He can bring all things to your remembrance. It didn't have to slip our minds. If we'll slow down, if we'll not get distracted, if we'll have some self-control, if we'll be attentive and aware of the danger and not err to stand on a slippery place. Look, look what the Bible says. I, I love this. these two verses. Psalm 94, verse 17. Unless the Lord had been my help, My soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, (laughs) held me up. Isn't that good? But he recognized, Lord, I'm slipping. Here comes the mercy. You know, that teaches me something. As As soon as you see it slipping, you better call out the Lord for help. You better call out the Lord for His mercy and His help and let Him hold you up. 